Welcome to the Crypto Yams Podcast, where we discuss Bitcoin price talk, trading ideas, and much, much more. I am your host, The Baked Potato. Today is August 12th, Friday, 2022. We have quite a number of things to talk about in the price action of Bitcoin today. S&P making some great gains over the last 24 hours and lots of things to be anticipated over the weekend. So let's jump right into it. As always, we're going to take a little peek at our weekly. Uh, not much here has really changed since we've looked at it on Monday and Wednesday. We are looking quite healthy still, looking for a much more than likely higher high close from the week to week candles as they go. Um, still probably another week or two away from a triple confirmation if we're going to continue with the momentum to the upside in our midterm in order to triple confirm this bad boy back to the upside. Nothing really, again, has really changed since we've been looking at it. We really need to see what happens on Sunday and how Monday opens, but at the moment, everything is looking strong. Moving ourselves to the one day, again, just, you know, there's, there's definitely some shenanigans going on in the background right now suppression of price in my opinion uh, we did have a bit of a range that was built up here on the daily the last couple of days that has since broken we're back into this uh, bullish market structure bounced off the zero line uh, fibs are still extended to the upside there's this is a very nice looking chart as for daily as it goes we just we really need to see some of these shorter term daily bearish divergences invalidated. None of them have been confirmed because we haven't actually seen a true TC to the downside yet to to validate these bearish divergences. We haven't seen market structure break. We haven't seen the fib lines change. So until these are invalidated, they still have some potential uh, likelihood that they do play out. But very very much not likely in my opinion if anything you know we've got much larger bullish divergences that we're playing off of and we should see a burst to the upside very very soon if that's what's going to happen what i could see is that in the shorter terms potentially we come down over the next day or two to play out some of these hourly types of bearish divergences We've got some divs here from starting on the 10th going into the 11th. So very, very short-term stuff. Essentially right now, I have taken a 1% starting short, um, looking for a converging wave right in the zone that we're in right now um, between 24,200 and 24,400. Uh, if we were to confirm the converging wave on the hourly, I'd be looking for a pushback into market structure, which is around... 23600 or as low as the 618 or the 786 which is pretty as pretty much as low as 23k i really don't see us breaking the entirety of the midterm structure just to, just from playing out some shorter term divergences so if anything if we do get a chance to pop down over this weekend uh, the likelihood is right around 23 and a half or 23 as long as we maintain 23000 uh, I would say that the structure is fine, everything's good to go, and by Monday we would be precipicing back into the upside fashion, more than likely back towards 25k, which is right now our key level resistance. 
we did almost touch it what was this yesterday and did get a pretty swift and hard rejection but from that rejection we've seen some bullish divergence stack up we didn't lose market structure and everything seems to be maintaining just fine of course with the weekend low volume you know the the likelihood of of kind of opposite moves comes into factors more into play i guess and we definitely could see some sort of short-term pullback correction whatever you want to call it but the overall of everything the momentum is still going to be going up and i don't think that's going to change the path of the direction that we're on right now it really would take a lot uh, for us to change some of these midterms and even the direction that the macro is trying to turn right now. Now, of course, we don't have weekly triple confirmation yet, so anything can happen at this stage. Again, we're approaching the zero line very rapidly. Within the next uh, week or so, we should be right at that level. So this is the zone for fuckery. You have to keep that in mind. Do not be glued to your positions. Um, I'd feel a lot safer, obviously, if if I were if ever you I you know if you were in around twenty one thousand or below, where we had originally talked about taking these swing positions, starting entries type of deal. If you've since closed those positions and you're closer in around twenty three to twenty four, you know again those positions should be a little bit more liquid. You should be ready to potentially take you know more profits up and around as close to 25 as you can be ready for another downturn towards 23 or even maybe a little bit lower if more volume comes in than expected over the weekend or into next week if we start to shift down um, we just have to be aware of the situation the fact that 16 hour has been tc'd up since the 7th but the daily has not given us an invalidation yet and we've had almost eight days of, of upside since we've TC'd down back here on the 4th, tells me that something in this time frame is absolutely screwy. Maybe momentum or volumes just coming in so slowly, even though we're, you know, we're slowly trickling up, that it hasn't been enough for a, a potato signal to hit. So yeah, again, market makers are absolutely playing with the emotions right now because we're going into a weekend in the current moment. I could absolutely see us just getting totally faked right out. You know, I know that there's a lot of retail that's saying, oh, you know, we're topping out. Oh, this is the top, blah, blah, blah. You know, we're going to turn right back down. We're going to 20, uh, we're going to 10K still or whatever that they're thinking. If you guys have been around here for a while, you know that I absolutely think that it's possible that we go back into the 13 to 10K, but we need a concrete rejection off of the major resistance level, which is around 30,000, before we'd even get close to being able to get down there. Some sort of weekly invalidation rejection could absolutely take us towards that zone, but we need to see it clear as day. Uh, it can't just be off of our thoughts and emotions. That doesn't get you anywhere in trading. Uh, you need you need support. You need to back it up with actual TA. And right now, um, the TA is saying that we're going to, as slow as it is, and as boring as it may be, <coughs> we are making gains every day. We're making slightly higher highs, slightly higher high every day. You know, 
the momentum continues to push us up. And this is what the bulls do. If you've been around this space for any more than a year, you'd know that, you know, the bears like to make things happen quickly because they can get the most done in the shortest amount of time. And the bulls like to string everyone along because they know that the majority of the time, most people are longing, except in these bear market cycle types of environments. You know, when everyone's shorting and when things are actually changing, they want to, you know, slow ride it out as much as they can so they, they can capitulate as much as they can. Get as much of their money into the position before it actually takes off as possible. Get as many people on the wrong side as possible to create more liquidity as it continues to push up. Um, and again, like looking at the total three, we do potentially have some divergences starting to stack up in daily, but it's only showing up in our wolf pack. Nothing on our money flow, nothing on our liberator. And we're in the Bandicle Touch Me zone. We flipped back and forth now three times. Um, definitely some shenanigans going on. The overall of this thing, though, says I don't actually believe that this is really bearish here. If we were to pop back down over the weekend, I'd be expecting 400 billion to hold. If we even get to that level, maybe we come back to around 417 to 410 billion dollars, which is still a decent little percentage of retracement. But we're talking about maybe five percent, if that. So really, not a huge, a huge drop. Nothing to be really worried about in the overall of everything. Um, the altcoins absolutely look well, phenomenal right now. In the overall, um, and again, S and P just continues to uh, continue shooting up. We can see that the money flow here has bounced off the zero line as of yesterday and just blasted today. So uh, the likelihood of invalidating divergence here in these shorter time frames is very high. Uh, daily has no <laughs> no signs of stopping or slowing down. Recon reconfirmed back into the bad uncle touch me zone and what we normally see is that the percentage of move from that spot of reconfirmation is about the same from where in which that we got to the bad uncle touch me zone. So with that math, we saw about this about a 10% gain uh, to get us into the bad uncle touch me zone, which if you guys are listening to the podcast, you're unfamiliar with what I'm talking about. The bad uncle touch me zone is a zone in the market liberator and indicator that we use that is between the 60 and 75% uh, of the top of the indicator. So, but again, we'd be looking for about 10% from in which where we reconfirmed, putting us back in towards the 618 of the S&P, which is much closer to 4,500 uh, 4, basis points. So still another, you know, 6 to 7% from where we're at right now. I've seen about 3% today. Uh, we've seen market structure reconfirmed back in a bullish posture. Our fibs have extended on the daily, and we're looking very healthy here in the S&P. So I see no reason as to why things are going to slow down or halter or stop or turn right back down. Um, again, in the weekend, you know, we may, we may fall back a little bit, but overall, by Monday, we should be looking back into the bullish posture. And hopefully trading back towards 25,000. That's going to be our big level to beat right now. Nothing else really matters other than 
as long as 22 500 holds and as long as uh, we get through 25 it's one or the other uh jay you got anything you want to add in my friend yeah man uh, so well it's gonna involve you speaking a little bit more because i got a couple questions for you oh sure please of course I'm curious, yeah. So, because the volume has just it's been dog shit, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, just it, in reality, like every every push, it's like you said, how the bulls are working it, right? What do you think about it not being so much people buying or bulls longing or anything like that, as much as just shorts covering themselves, and that's why the you know the volume is low, but it's slowly but surely trickling its way up. Well, a good underlying sign that it's it's not just that has been that we've been getting these constant small spikes of volume coming in, right? Kind of out of nowhere, around close, early in the morning. You'll get these jumps. It'll kind of pull back with more than likely retail selling it off, right? Which is, which is almost always how the market makers capitulate. They, they throw in a big burst of, of energy, and in a very short amount of time, the retail sells it off, which is essentially, you know, you're playing into their hands. Um, they're not throwing their whole army at, at the thing at one time. They're throwing, you know, 0.1%, 0.1% each, each and every day or three times a day kind of thing. It's a way to capitulate without getting everyone too antsy and, you know, and like too aware of what's actually going on. Right. They don't want to make you aware that they're buying a shit ton in these levels or that they're, you know, they've, they've cl- since closed their shorts and are looking to hit limit orders. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think like retail right now, people are trying to argue that, you know, only retail's longing because definitely like the actual, the future stuff comparatively to the actual spot orders that are coming in, you know, there's a lot more futures uh open interest right now than there is actual like uh buy orders for bitcoin coming in but i think that that's on purpose you know what what usually happens is the market makers always place their future stuff first they you know they get it all set and dandy and then when everyone's on the wrong side they start pumping in the actual spot orders to make the market move because as we know, you know, future stuff doesn't actually affect the real price of Bitcoin, right? Only spot real buying and selling of the crypto asset is going to move the price. Is that? Uh, yeah, that that makes some sense. Um, something I I was thinking about a little bit too. And no, I'm not just giving a bunch of bearish questions. I think these are just interesting. <laughs> you know, you know me, right? But uh, these are just interesting questions uh, that I've thought about, and I'm sure a lot of people have also thought about, because we see articles like Elon Musk sold 75% of his Tesla shares, things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you see an article like that, and yet you see the S&P 500 pumping, what could you correlate? Maybe, maybe uh, expand on that question. So like, it, it's mean? like, why, why, if the market is trending upwards still, why would Elon Musk dump his shares like that? You know, it, it's he he would know better. He would have, you know, enough information, enough anal- analysts and whatnot to tell him this is a good or bad time, right? 
So um, I, I'm curious when I see something like 75% of his Tesla shares being sold, it kind of sounds like, okay, he, he, he knows something the rest of the retail doesn't since it seems like you said, retail is the one kind of pumping this right now. Well, it's hard to say exactly. A lot of these these big entities, these market makers, they're not looking for, you know, the 100% gain, right? They're happy with 75%, 80% of what they think they can get and then let the rest kind of write itself out. I don't know, maybe he's expecting some sort of shenanigans that we don't we don't know about to come in the market space. Like we know that it's absolutely being propped it's been being propped up by the Federal Reserve and the central banks for a very long time now. You know, they came out a couple of days ago, essentially saying that the markets were illiquid. And yeah, it's it's hard to say, you know, it could have something to do with his whole uh, Twitter debacle. Maybe he's trying to free up some some actual capital that's yeah. not invested to be able to fight with for that, you know, that lawsuit. It's kind of what I was thinking too. Maybe, maybe that is also tying up with you know some sort of balance, you know, sheet uh, as well as maybe needing some capital. Exactly. Um, it's just an interesting thought, though, when the markets are trending up like this for them to dump off in it. And uh, correction here in Discord that it, it might not have been seventy five percent of his shares of Tesla, but it was still like seven billion dollars worth, which is still obviously a hilarious amount worth. Um, but. When I when I look at in the chart you're pulling up right now, mm-hmm. I look at that and like there's obviously some like bullish behavior going on, but I could also see that as being a possible lower high as well too. It's an interesting scenario that's in right now. Yes, absolutely. I mean, we already have technically confirmed a lower high back here in March from the entirety of the thing, but taking a look at weekly. Like there really is no bearish divergence here other than maybe money flow doesn't really show up in our wolf pack, doesn't really show up in our liberator. I'm just seeing lower lows and lower highs, regardless of divergence, I guess. It just it definitely seems like, you know, Tesla goes through these phases, right? Where it goes into extreme acceleration and then chomps sideways, has a decent pullback, accelerates sideways huge pullback, right? And we're kind of in that consolidation phase. So maybe he's really just expecting to potentially see a $400 Tesla again and buy for, uh, you know, a fat discount. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Really could be it because as far as this goes, I would say that like definitely a pullback coming if we were to see another lower high hit the resistance we can see that the market structure and the fibs are both in a bearish posture and it's likely that we do hit a thousand and reject and then start working our way back down i mean yeah as far as midterm short term goes it is bullish um but i would say the macro is starting to slow down here and there's definitely some some signs that over the next couple months it would retrace back in towards 500 um we've already bounced off the 382 around 620 so as long as you know we hold the market structure in this bearish fashion and the fibs don't change i would be looking for some sort of lower high right in around where we are right now at around 900 to a thousand dollars uh before turning back down and then trying to punch through the 386 or the 382 sorry rather 
uh, at around 620. It does look like a distribution pattern to me. Yes, for sure. I agree. I agree. And with distribution, you know, and capitulation, um, you're going to get multiple opportunities to to kind of fluctuate in here. This is where I compare to like uh, now. To be honest, I don't know if Tesla is Tesla's in the S and P 500. I would think. Absolutely. I'm not. Yeah. So if that's the case, you know, and I know not every chart looks the same. You know, not all charts look like Tesla. All that, right? But if that's the case, you see something like that. When I look at the S and P 500, I also see kind of a similar distribution going on did you know that on the weekly bitcoin chart we've been triple confirmed down now for four straight months it's kind of crazy to think about so that's probably it's another reason why i've i've leaned towards being bearish for a while right but when i look at because when we tc down the weekly it was the middle of april and now it's middle of august it's so crazy but maybe that's another reason why i lean that way but i look at that and then i look at the s p 500 chart right now on the left over there and to me that that looks i see distribution as well too personally and that's another reason why i i i'm not exactly keen to you know a greater rally happening here and why why i keep you know saying caution caution you know and it's it's almost like is it biased? Am I biased because we've been TC down for so long, or am I actually seeing things clearly? And it's not just me trying to talk myself out of having that bias, you know? No, I, I absolutely I hear you. The one thing that I think you need to to uh, take note or like just just pay attention to is that we haven't seen an explosion like this in the Wolf Pack. Uh, on the S&P, I don't think ever. Like, it is never just once just, like, shotting back up into the green like it has here with market structure on its side. But look at how little... I mean, we're still not even at 4,300 points with that much explosion, though. That's that's what gets me. Well, right, but that's because there's so... You know, this is, like, the all-time high. This whole zone is going to be acting as resistance. It's going to take a lot of momentum just to get us back to that all-time high now. Um, if, as, if as long as we can maintain uh, the momentum of this thing, by the time we do get back up in here, if it's still in the same posturing, like let's say we're just going back into the, the green money flow uh, by the time that we're hitting previous all-time high, which is right around uh, 4,800 points, that could open us up for, you know, a, a huge jump, an absolutely huge jump that I don't think anyone in the current market space is expecting other than maybe us here, because I don't know, we, we have that deeper understanding that, you know, if they've essentially said that there's going to be unlimited bond buying, they're not stopping <laughs> in any short, you know, in any context. Serious apage. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know, man. I mean, this, you know, the fact that we have huge, huge, huge weekly bullish divergences here, the market structure was bearish here and has since flipped again. Like, I don't know, man, this, you know, it's just, it could be one of those things that like it shouldn't be happening, but it is because of how they're setting us up to do so. Because is this, is this how this type of uh, pattern and, <laughs> Uh, type of thing should play out no normally no 
Right. Not at all, right? Like we definitely still have a chance of hitting the resistance again at around 44 to 4500 or even just the uh the all-time high resistance here and rejecting for a lower high. But from everything I'm seeing, as long as the divs continue playing out and everything, it may just completely invalidate all the bearish stuff. The fibs haven't actually fully extended to the upside yet, right? We have a we have a mixed uh, fib level kind of thing going on, right? Like if they extend, where's the next top, right? It's mm. probably going to be right up here at around seven thousand for the for the next zero line. I believe that's where our daily. No, I think our daily sitting at right closer to five. Let me see here. Mm. Two two six one eight. Yeah, two six one eight at around seven thousand, uh, and the and the tops around five thousand. So that would make sense. Weekly full extension would be around seven thousand. Which we've talked about for a very long time. Five thousand, seven thousand would be the next critical zones if we were to get through the all-time high. I absolutely, absolutely believe that, and I think it's very possible if things just stay the way they are right now. You know, we continue to increase the inflation rate. We continue to print and buy our debt with debt. Yeah, continue the end of the world to pump the charts. You know, it's just it's kind of a funny thought, right? You know. <laughs> You know, funny, funny, maybe not the right word, but absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's that. That's it, really, though. TA-wise, uh, you, you pretty much said it all. Uh, I just had a few questions. I thought that would be interesting to hear your perspective on them. I appreciate that. Yeah, I appreciate the questions, man. It's nice to have a little bit of a change up in here for once. Definitely, definitely. I want you guys to also take note that the Ethereum to Bitcoin price has just been absolutely doing wonderful things. I was taking a look at some of my older videos from YouTube uh, today and realizing that, you know, we the last time we were at around 30,000 before we'd gone up to 60, Ethereum was only around $1,300, right? And now we're sitting at around 24,000 and ETH is sitting around 1,900. It's been doing about a 10% gain almost on average if like <laughs> every two to three days for the last two months. it's uh, It's been pretty insane. I know that there's this big event coming up in September, a lot of anticipation. We are coming up to a very critical resistance level around 2000. Um, so definitely, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for an ideal pullback before I think about jumping in heavy. Uh, but Ethereum has been making some leaps and bounds. And the fact that, again, it's, it's, it's jumping that much uh, in, in comparison to where Bitcoin was this time last year or the year before and where Ethereum was, you have to, you have to take that into account. Bitcoin was at 30,000. ETH was only at 1,300. Now Bitcoin's, you know, uh, almost like 20% uh, less and ETH is almost almost 50% higher. That's that's a pretty staggering difference. So, yeah, I uh, I see a lot of potential in Ethereum over the next couple of years, if not sooner. Definitely something that I would be invested in if not already. We All right, my friends. Uh, I think with all that being said, I think I've given you enough information to boggle your brains for a little bit. Of course, don't get washed out over the weekend. 
look for those opportunities. Um, shorter term, looks like we potentially do come back a little bit. I am looking for buy opportunities as long as the midterms and the macros don't change. Um, current environment, um, I'm using the 16-hour instead of daily just because, again, daily's been a little bit wonky on us. So if 16-hour were to TC back down, um, I'd be respectively looking to potentially close uh, my swing longs for the shorter term. Uh, adding back into the short, I already, again, have taken a starting short entry at around 24,500. Um, just a, again, starting entry. Anyone who's been around here knows what I'm talking about. And I'll be looking for the converging wave in the shorter time frames uh, over the next, I'd say, 8 to 12 hours. Uh, potentially, we've already seen it hit uh, in the last couple hours that we've seen it. But if we do get a converging wave here for these divergences, I'd be looking for market structure 618 or 786. 23,000 to 23 and a half. I think that's the majority of where the shorter term is going to pull us. If we do get an opportunity at this low again, we do get a higher low, we start bouncing, the midterms stay positioned to the upside. Are we looking for a re-entry into my long position or adding back in, closing my shorts, and waiting for Monday to hopefully pop us up and off? All right, my friends, have yourself a great rest of your weekend. Take care, and bye-bye.